Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with our study of the book of Ephesians. Consider some of the background so that when we get to the passage in Ephesians, it will be abundantly clear. Jesus' final post-resurrection appearance is recorded in Acts chapter 1. He told the apostles not to leave Jerusalem until a certain spectacular promise was fulfilled. Please follow along with Pastor Jim as he discusses the fulfillment of that promise and its subsequent benefits in today's slice of this week's message entitled, You Have Been Brought Near. One of those deacons um, came from the mother church, a man named Philip, and he took the gospel to the capital city of Samaria, and countless men and women believed. So skip up to Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. He's gone to Samaria, preached, lots of people believe. Chapter 8, verse 14. Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John. Okay, uh, Philip's a good guy. But he wasn't one of the 12 apostles. They heard about this happening. They're like Hallmark. They cared enough to send the very best. They sent Peter and John. They went, to the, they went there, and they came down. You say down even though on the map it's up from Jerusalem to Samaria because Jerusalem's the highest point, and Samaria, everything in Israel is lower than that. Okay, they went down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. That was more astounding than you can imagine. The gospel brought together Jews and Samaritans in the same fellowship. These are the people who... When you traveled from Judea in the south to Galilee in the north, if you were an Israelite, you would cross the Jordan River, go up the other side of the Jordan River, cross the Jordan River again so that you wouldn't get any Samaritan dust on your sandals. They hated each other that much. And by the way, it was not one-sided. It was, it was both ways. This was an astounding development. No one had sat around and, and, been, and been praying How will we ever heal this breach between us and the Samaritans? Nobody tried that. Nobody thought that. Nobody showed the desire to reconcile the two until God sent Philip there. The cultural divide, that ingrained hostility, was conquered only by the gospel. Now, as Philip was returning to Jerusalem, we kind of get a foretaste of the next big development. He by the providence of God, he had an encounter with an Ethiopian. He was an Ethiopian eunuch. He was a trusted servant of the queen of his homeland. 
He had already come to believe in Yahweh, the God of, uh, of Israel, and he had been to Jerusalem to participate in as much of the worship as was possible. Being a eunuch, uh, he was not allowed into the temple. Being a Gentile, he was also not allowed uh, past the court of the, uh, of the Gentiles. Well, Philip met this Ethiopian eunuch while he was in his chariot, and he was reading Isaiah 53. Had a scroll of Isaiah. That's pretty amazing. He was reading about the suffering and the crucifixion of the Messiah. And Philip famously asked him, uh, you didn't know this, but Philip spoke King James. He said, understandest thou what thou readest? A little bit hard to maybe understand that right away. Acts chapter 8, verse 34. The eunuch answered Philip and said, please tell me, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and began, and, and beginning from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. As they went along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now check your footnotes and the brackets in your Bible and that part of that is not included in the best manuscripts, but it's no problem um, even if it did happen exactly that way. We get move on. And he ordered the chariot to stop and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. When they came up out of the water, The Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. I've done hundreds of baptisms. I'm still waiting for that to happen. Um, Nobody would forget that one, right? Well, here is the first recorded case of the conversion of a Gentile after the ascension of Jesus and the coming of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean it's the first one. This is the first recorded case of that, and it's here in the book of Acts for us to learn from. Well, the dramatic conversion of Saul of Tarsus comes in the next chapter. Remember, he was on his way to uh, Damascus. Uh, He'd been persecuting Christians in and around Jerusalem. He had papers from the Jewish mucky mucks allowing him to go persecute and imprison Christians elsewhere. He was doing that. Gets knocked to the ground. He's blinded. He heard the voice of God, and you can read about his conversion. Not surprisingly, the disciple in uh, uh, Damascus named Ananias, the one that God used to restore Saul's vision, he was dispatched by God, and God gave him a special message. You can understand he was reluctant to welcome into his home the one who was ravaging the churches in that region. In that region, So God gives him orders in a vision, down to verse, chapter 9, verse 13 of Acts. But Ananias said, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he did to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before, 
Look at this. The Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. That's another confirmation of the design of God. The plan is unfolding. Saul, who came to be known as Paul, he was indeed a specially chosen apostle whom God used as the primary human leader of ministries that knit together believing Jews and believing Gentiles. The culture and the attitudinal barriers between Jews and Gentiles were even older and deeper than those between Jews and Samaritans. That breach was healed only by the gospel, Paul being the main instrument. He was almost immediately persecuted. Interesting, the persecutor became the persecuted one. He was persecuted by the unbelieving Jews, but the, the believers took care of him, and they got him off to safety. Then we are told this, Acts chapter 9, verse 31. So, with Saul now out of commission, converted, now he's Paul, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace, being built up and going on in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and it continued to increase. Do you see that? The church, here's a deep grammar lesson for you, that's singular, the church, one church, one body, same group, same gospel, same salvation, same Holy Spirit, same message, same Bible, they are now one, the church that is throughout Judea and Galilee and Samaria. That is spectacularly amazing. It's hard to just grasp how big a deal that was, that the gospel broke down barriers like that. And you know how Paul did his ministry wherever he went. Now, he was the guy that wrote Romans, and he does say in chapter 1 that the gospel is the power of God and the salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. What did he do every time he went any place new? He found the synagogue. He preached with the Jews. He reasoned with them. He, he, he brought as many as would believe to faith in Christ. Then he'd usually get thrown out of the synagogue. He would go to the Gentiles, and he would bring those believing Jews with him, and a new body of Jew and Gentile together was formed. Now, what we're coming to in Ephesians is the theological explanation of how that promise in Acts 1-8 was fulfilled in history as recorded in the book of Acts. So, we're looking at the history, the theology of it, is mainly in Ephesians chapter 2. Now, the next blockbuster in this series of events was the vision that God gave to Peter in Acts chapter 10. There was another Gentile who had turned to Yahweh involved in this one. It was a man named Cornelius. God gave Peter the vision. You know, remember lowering the sheep? Peter was hungry. He's waiting for lunch. God gives him in a vision the picture of the sheet with all the animals, clean and unclean on it, and he tells Peter, rise, kill, eat. And Peter says, no way, that's, that's not on the menu of Jewish guys like me. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.